Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Design. I am so excited to have you here with our amazing guest, Monica. Mo Monica is a Latin licensed professional counselor and mindset coach based in Dallas, Texas. She helps ambitious women and entrepreneurs overcome anxiety, perfectionism, and burnout so they can feel confident in both life and business. So aligned with my mission here. I love this. Monica has been featured in Women's Health Magazine, Very Well Mind, and Insider Magazine. She is also the host of Cafe with Monica podcast, where she brings amazing entrepreneurs to cover all things life, mental health, and entrepreneurship, and also has a YouTube channel to go along with it. Monica, so happy to have you here. Hi, I'm Olivia Austin, brand designer, strategist, business coach, and life enthusiast. I'm obsessed with helping people build a dream life and business that allows them to wake up every day doing what they love and make money doing it. Each episode, I'll take you behind the scenes on how to build an authentic brand, intentional business, and live a life with purpose every single day. So grab a coffee, open up your journal. This is Behind the Design Podcast. Good to have you here. I am so excited to be here. Like I said, I came prepared. I got like my, my first holiday cup <laughs> of the season. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I am so excited. This is going to be such a good conversation. I can't wait to chat all about perfectionism and entrepreneurship and really setting healthy and sustainable boundaries as an entrepreneur, um, mental health and just therapy in general, I think is important for everyone to do, but with particularly entrepreneurship where it can feel like a lot, um, mm -hmm. it's very confusing. It can be very lonely. Um, I think this is just such a, such an important conversation to have. So I'm so excited to have you. Um, why don't you just start telling us a little bit about you, your business and how you got into all of this? Yeah. Well, I never thought that I wanted to be an entrepreneur that just, I mean, for me, it was always engraved to do a nine to five or eight to five um, and have a stable income and with benefits and just have this, you know, very, you know, scripted, very linear approach to living life. Right. Um, and it wasn't until I graduated, I did my graduate degree in rehabilitation counseling and I started working for a state agency and I quickly realized one, a lot of patterns of people pleasing, really a lot of patterns of you know, overachieving, trying to do too much too soon, trying to wanting to prove myself, um, which I think a lot of people can relate if they came from like corporate to now becoming an entrepreneur, the just need to please the need to constantly um, want to improve and show people, you know, your worth. And I, this job was completely just toxic. Um, <laughs> so many changes going around. I lasted there for two years. And then I realized I don't want to do this. And I didn't just jump and leaped in, into entrepreneurship. What I did instead is I ended up finding a different job that I knew would help me create some mental space. So I ended up moving in, working at a university, which that I needed that because I had such an incredible leader, um, an incredible boss who supported me, knew that I had started a podcast. I had started my podcast to put myself out there to just really get to know people, network, and not just sit back and think that people um, that I 
will just let things control what I wanted in my business. I wanted to make things happen for my business. So as a therapist, you start off as an a therapist intern. And so as a therapist intern, you're just getting hours. And basically you're told in school, you can't really like promote yourself or your business until like you have a certain amount of experience and until you have your own business. Um, Mm. I was like, absolutely not. Like, (laughs) That's not going to work for me. Like I'm a control freak. Um, So what I decided is I started going to these networking events, like business uh, networking events of people outside of my industry and just got to learn how other people were doing business. And I realized that there was very much a need for these women to have people to support them through all of the challenges that came with entrepreneurship. And so I Googled like entrepreneur, like therapists for entrepreneurs, one person literally came out. I saw therapists for high achievers. I saw therapists for, you know, executives, um, but not specifically therapists for entrepreneurs. And I found one person in Austin and I was like, wow, there's, there is only one person serving creatives and women entrepreneurs. There is so much more room for more people to get in this niche. So I just started saying I was a therapist for entrepreneurs before I was even a therapist for entrepreneurs. <laughs> I love that. Like a true entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, one of the things I like to share the story of uh, the, my very first time I went to this event in Dallas called Dallas Startup Week. Um, and it was, they had just a bunch of, you know, amazing entrepreneurs that came from Dallas, like Mark Cuban. And I saw a panel and I remember being so nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, people are going to know that I don't belong here. And then a year later, I was asked to be on a panel for Dallas Startup Week. So it oh was gosh, just like, so uh, cool. like such a, like a moment, you know, like a growth moment for me. And so I like to share that story because sometimes we feel like we can't get in those rooms. Hmm. Yeah, that is so amazing. I love that. And your story, I think, is so relatable for so many people because they feel stuck, but then in their jobs and unhappy, but then they think, oh, I need more experience to make that happen. And I mean, you really, you know what is best for you. And a lot of times it's just taking the leap and putting yourself out there. And from there, you kind of learn along the way. So why don't we talk about like dive right into perfectionism in entrepreneurship and what that looks like, because I think you're right. What you said in the beginning about how people entrepreneurs specifically, you know, we're always going from one thing to the next where we want everything to be perfect. Um, we might procrastinate to make things happen. Um, and we're really the hardest on ourselves. I, mentor, um, high level entrepreneurs in my mastermind. And the biggest hurdle that we have to get over is constantly is being our biggest barrier because we are perfectionists. And a lot of times that looks like procrastination. It looks like, I mean, it looks different for everyone. So why don't we just dive right into perfectionism and entrepreneurship and, uh, yeah, that topic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love talking about perfectionism. It's one of the things that I've struggled a lot growing up with. And I think it was just the culture that I grew up with and also just the environment and society itself, you know, telling us that we have to be able to be good at, you know, everything um, that there, that failure feels permanent. It, for someone who struggles with perfectionism, 
they feel that failure is permanent. So you're constantly either holding back from launching new products or building your coaching business or increasing your prices or setting boundaries because we're so afraid of the outcome. We're so afraid of the fear of failure because it feels permanent, right? Um, and perfection, perfectionism is not the same as striving to be your best. It's actually mm-hmm. the opposite. It's um, it's the drive to achieve more and more and more to prove ourselves and where it drives us to have painfully high standards and the belief that achievement determines our self-worth. And at the very surface of it all is fear. Fear mm-hmm. is what drives perfectionism. It there's a therapist, her name is Brene Brown, and she tells she she shares that perfectionism for many people is a shield against pain of blame, judgment, or shame. Mm. So often as an entrepreneur, like when you sign up to become an entrepreneur, you're signing up for a like putting yourself <laughs> out there in very uncomfortable situations. Yeah. Very like you're the world is basically seeing the evolution of your business or like, honestly, like what's in your soul because you feel like you were put on this earth to do something specific. So when you decide to put it out there, you fear what's everyone going to think? What, what if I fail? You know, all those things go through your mind. So yeah, it's, it's on a whole other level when you own your own business for sure. Yeah. And sometimes and, you know, and, and like, like what came first, right? Being an entrepreneur, um, did entrepreneurship cause my perfectionism or was I always a perfectionist, right? Um, often it comes from either self-imposed, right? Us, you know, giving ourselves very high standards because we just saw that, you know, growing up, you get good grades, you know, adults praise you, you get good grades, mm-hmm. you may get, you know, more allowance, um, you get a trophy, you are seen as better, even if you've had teachers tell you like, oh, you should be more like X, right? Like those little things that as children, very impressionable and very, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to bury those in the very deep, you know, d- deep consciousness. And then that's going to relate to us now as adults, of how we show up with people. So it could also be family dynamics, right? Like were, were our families, you know, really pressuring us to be the best if you're a first gen or if you're someone even in your family who has come from a, a lot of people who have had successful careers because then there's that additional pressure of being kind of like a legacy right being able to continue to do work um and being able to continue to achieve those things so it can be family it could be self-imposed but usually it happens before entrepreneurship it's not like entrepreneurship made me a perfectionist yeah it just brings out that yeah definitely and I say all the time entrepreneurship is the greatest spiritual journey I've ever been on because it it basically forces you to do self-discovery and deep reflection on your, you know, your talents and your skills, but also the things that you aren't that good at and things that you have to constantly, you know, work on. And I think the term perfectionism is tossed around a lot. And I recently, like I was talking to someone and we were talking about being, being perfectionist and whatnot. And I, realize that I'm not a perfectionist, but I do always strive to be myself. So I want to, I'm wondering if you could define 
and like signs, what are signs of perfectionism? If someone's listening to this and they're like, I think I'm a perfectionist, but I'm not really sure. Or yes, I definitely am. Help me. Um, what are those first, like, what are those signs of perfectionism specifically in entrepreneurship? And then what are some ways to overcome them, to overcome it or work on it? I think for most is, you know, just getting, giving yourself a tough time when you make a mistake. Um, You know, if you're having a hard time bouncing back from, you know, any mistake that you made, you're probably using a lot of, you know, like negative self-talk, like I, you know, I suck or I should have known better. I should have done this. I should have not sent that email. If you are, I should, I should all the time, then there is a typical sign that you're struggling with some inner self-critic, which, you know, is often seen in people who are perfectionists. Um, you also have a very difficult time to enjoy an activity unless you're winning or excelling it, <laughs> excelling in it. Um, you may, you know, you may base your self-worth on your achievements. So as an entrepreneur, this could look like often seeing the outcome of the only ROI is revenue. The only um, mm-hmm. outcome based that you know that you see your your business is doing really well is income related, is revenue related, and everything else like getting new people in, into your coaching, uh, like people applying for your uh, coaching application, or people getting into your membership, or people DMing you. Those things are seen as like like not important, the outcome is always seen as important. And then you have very, very high highs whenever you're making income and very, very, very low lows when you're not making that income. Perfectionism for entrepreneurs can look like um, spending a long amount of time in you know, admin tasks or tasks that are actually not important are going to move, you know, what people say, like the needle mm. in your business. Um, They're just like training. They're just, again, you're trying to do busy work that isn't actually intentional or deep work that's actually going to get you to the next step because intentional work and deep work is probably going to be the thing that you fear the most because you don't know the outcome, right? Versus I could spend a whole day looking at filters to use for what picture I want to post on Instagram the filter isn't going to get me business, mm-hmm. right? Well, most important would be, you know, the caption for what's most important is, am I delivering, you know, content that actually relates to the people that I want to engage with, right? So we start to think about things that are not even important because we're so afraid of potentially getting judged. But because of that, we miss the point of what actually matters, for us as business owners. Um, so I think those are some, some signs that you can kind of tell as an entrepreneur that you're struggling mm-hmm. with, um, you know, perfectionism. You may have just, you know, you often don't want to feel embarrassed. You might feel like, oh, you may have statements like, oh, I, if you're constantly judging other people too, like you're constantly judging like, oh, like she's coming out, you know, selling a product, like that's cringy or, you know, those things. It probably also tells you that you're, you have a hard time seeing other people who actively take themselves out of their comfort zone. Cause you can't imagine that that's, that's what it takes mm. in order to be successful. So those are just some telltale signs. Like it's not going to look like that for everybody. Um, but those are some of the ones that I've seen with my clients. Yeah. Okay. That is so helpful. And that just really helps define it. And maybe I actually am a perfectionist. (laughs) I think, you know, I definitely, I think 
another thing that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with too is just understanding or you know you mentioned societal conditioning in the beginning and it's like oh well this is what everyone else is doing so maybe I should be doing that or um you know I even if you don't work that way or you're not you know specific yeah like you your personality type or you don't work best in that specific way it's focusing on what other people are doing I personally, I was a gymnast my entire life. So I was constantly striving for perfectionism when it's literally impossible. Like it's, it's impossible to be, to get a perfect 10. Like you get it sometimes, but like, you know, everyone knows those, uh, Olympians who scored a perfect 10, but that's not possible for, a you know, a normal, even high level gymnast. So I, that definitely has brought into my entrepreneurship journey. And I think where my perfectionism comes out is just always going from one goal to another and never reflecting. So one thing that I constantly have to work on is like, okay, I set this goal. I met it. Now let me reflect on it before I move on to the next one. And that has been super, super helpful. So why don't, um, are there any ways that, um, like, what are your tips for, if you just heard what Monica said and you're like, me, 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 that's me. Um, what are some tips that you have for people who, um, definitely do feel like they have perfectionism and that it's really slowing them down in their business and impacting the way that their business is moving forward? What are some tips that you have for people? Yeah, I, I love what you mentioned. Um, so this tip is going to be around something that you mentioned about having a very tough time reflecting back, right? Having a very tough time being, you know, sometimes being honest with ourselves, right? Because we can meet the goal, but if we don't reflect on how we got there, if it felt good for us, um, what obstacles and challenges did we have to overcome during that time in order? Because again, those are all things that are worth you know, figuring out in order to know, okay, is this something that I want to repeat again? Is this something that, you know, felt good for me as a perfectionist? You don't want to look back because you're, because if you look back, you may look back at yourself in a very hypercritical way. Um, you may not want to be honest with yourself because honesty may mean, you know, for you, it may mean that you may need to change things. And a perfectionist like really hyper focuses on a strategy, really hyper focuses on one thing. And if they can't, like if the strategy doesn't work or something is off that they feel like that's not, there's no other options. Right. Um, or even like hearing, um, people give you constructive criticism, um, you feel like, oh my gosh, I did something wrong. Like we try to prevent like from even getting that feedback, um, so I think a very big thing for an entrepreneur specifically, it is very important that you are asking if you have a course, clients, whatever it is that you are asking for effective feedback from your people and allowing yourself to tolerate how you feel about what they say about you, right? Because if the only feedback you're getting is like, you're amazing, you're doing great that is not going to challenge you and you need to be challenged in order to grow and scale your business. And so that's a very important thing for me. I think, you know, being able to ask for appropriate feedback, not being afraid to do things that scare you and start tolerating doing things that scare you. These could be at a very smaller scale, like, you know, posting less if you're overdoing it during a launch period, you know, like, 
I think we tend to, perfectionists tend to do so much more because they feel the more I put myself out there, the more chances that I have to be seen. And to a certain extent, yes, but often that diminishes the quality of how you show up. People can really tell how you're showing up in a way that doesn't feel authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, So so if authenticity and transparency is a value that you have in your business, then just even just checking in with yourself in this, you know, quarter, was I truly being transparent and authentic about, you know, my, um, whatever I was selling or however I approach things, was I really allowing myself the time and space to prioritize myself or did this goal, actually mean that I had to deprioritize myself in order to achieve it? And would it be sustainable for the next quarter to do the same Mm. thing? Right. Because I think, you know, a lot of people, a tip is, you know, we often want to work to have work-life balance, but for a perfectionist, it, that's not going to drive well, because that means that they're giving not their best selves to, 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 a few buckets and prioritizing. They're prioritizing everything. So you're just, so you're basically giving everything an equal amount of effort. And so then you're staying, a lot of perfectionists are afraid to be mediocre. How how do you say that word? Mediocre. Um, Mediocre. There you go. And so work-life balance often doesn't happen. What I like is intentional imbalance, meaning, Mm -hmm. you know, learning how to intentionally prioritize yourself, your mental health, And then after all the other things that are um, a priority so that you're able to pour onto those things first and then have this intentional imbalance. There's going to be seasons where you're going to be a rock star in your life. And there's going to be seasons where you're going to be a rock star in your business. You have to choose which one, how, when are you going to push and when are you going to pull? Because as a perfectionist, it's going to be important for them to show up as their best selves. Um, but often they forget the part of themselves. <laughs> they just look at the business as the, as themselves. So the identity is like, the, my business is my identity. And you have so much more than just your business. So tip, reflect, get feedback. And second, intentional imbalance, creating, figuring out what really is important to you um, and being honest with yourself when you haven't actually been prioritizing yourself for the sake of your business. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was so good. I love that. I love the intentional imbalance because this is something that I've had to learn a lot this year is that, you know, you're always, we always hear from society work-life balance, like how to achieve work-life balance and for a perfectionist or for an entrepreneur, that's, that's honestly impossible because Mm -hmm our work is basically our life. And like, we, we love what we do. Like, I love it. Like I could work all day long. There's always more that I could be doing. I'm always thinking of new ideas, you know, and I know that that's not just me. It's, it's everyone. So work-life balance really doesn't exist when you are an entrepreneur. So I love what you said about intentional imbalance and that there's going to be seasons of push and pull, which is very true. And one thing that, um, one of my, um, colleagues had said to me this year was just having everything work in harmony. So whether it's, you know, you're in a season of heavy life stuff or heavy work stuff, whatever that is, you're making it work for what season of life and business that you're specifically in and not worrying about other people, not worrying about what other people are doing and not worrying about 
judging yourself or being judged. You're just doing, having that imbalance and that's okay because that is what life is not black or white. Everything happens in the gray area. So it's never going to be one way or another. Um, not that we would want it to, it'd be, that'd be boring. <laughs> so, right. And after we get to that, right. Like, um, perfectionists have struggled a lot with all or nothing thinking that black and white thinking the, I need to show up on Instagram three times a week or, or I'm not going to do it at all because then it's just in, even with mm-hmm. fitness and stuff. Um, oh, if I do 15 minutes of cardio, that doesn't count because I, I didn't sweat because I didn't everything I love. I don't know if you've read um, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, but I love the way that he says, you know, small, small changes make for big impact. And I think as entrepreneurs, we want that immediate result. We want those immediate changes in our business. And we forget that we need to be, if you're a beginner, be a beginner, like Mm -hmm. don't rush it. Like I the, the, the worst times of me, for myself in entrepreneurship were, were the times where I was rushed, where I didn't make an informed decision. I made a performative action, meaning I saw what everybody else was doing. And so that's what I did. Instead of making an informed decision based on my own business, what works for me. So ask yourself, am I being, especially right now in this season, I don't know when this, the podcast is coming out, but if you're, you know, November to to March, usually, usually there's a lot of, you know, new launches and things like that, you know, or people are wanting to say like, what can I do next? Who can I invest in for my next business? I want you to ask yourself too, am I investing in someone because I think they're going to solve all my problems? What is actually the solutions that I'm seeking for, you know, and then invest and make an, an informed decision about investing because often we invest sometimes too soon you know, um, and sometimes we invest in something that we didn't need, um, in the moment, you know, and just so really understanding like what's going to actually make you feel good about the next step in your business and not just trying to hire all the people, do all the things to scale right away when you're Mm -hmm. not even, you're a baby. Like you need to like learn how to crawl before you can walk. And I was very like, as a professional, I was like, nope, you know, people say that your business, you know, isn't going to grow until after two years, challenge accepted. (laughs) I'm going to do X, you know, the first year. And that really burned me out because I was Mm -hmm. so like doing too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, you know, with entrepreneurs, like we have though that uncertainty. And so what happens is when things are unstable, which you know, happens often, which is why we're in the business. Um, we start looking at what other people are doing, or I want to do this, or this person invested that person within that person and made that much money, even though it's not a value driven decision for you. Um, but then it's also at the same time, I'm a true believer in just starting Mm -hmm. and having trial and error along the way, because that's the biggest thing that I see or the biggest difference that I see between people who are actually doing it. So, you know, those people that you're like, oh, I want to be like them or they're amazing. Like they, you know, they have a business model that I really believe in. Um, and, and then entrepreneurs that are still in their nine to five is that those people that you're looking at saying, oh, she made it. She started, she just did it. And she learned along the way and she just tried and she let go of the per- the perfectionism and she put herself out there and just made it happen. So there's 
there is definitely a fine line between, um, you know, not definitely don't rush, but don't let your perfectionism hold you back from just starting and learning along the way, because there's so much power in, in trial and error and learning it on your own. Like I look back to five years ago of some of the things that I did and I'm like, Ooh, someone paid me for that. Or I put that out there. That's awful. Like why? But I would not be here today if I was still thinking about the business that I wanted. I would still be in corporate. So not letting that. Yeah, say what you're going to say. No, just not letting that hold you back and just get getting it done and starting. I, I agree. And you bring up a perfect point about what most entrepreneurs have a problem with is the procrastination, right? The holding back from, you know, taking action because they feel like, um, it's too much. So if anybody is in a position where they're just, it's hard for them just to start, right. It's hard for them to just feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, I would really encourage you. So we often, I use this with my ADHD clients. Um, but this is exercise where you write down what the problem is. Like, what do you really think the problem is? So maybe it is starting my business and actually it's not just that it's starting my business. Um, but with having the perfect website, uh, it's having my business, but you know, with getting on someone else's podcast is starting my business with having a perfect, you know, newsletter, there ends up being secondary problems. And that's what gets people most stuck because they're not focused on the first step. They're focused on the whole secondary mm. problem. Mm-hmm. like the website or the, again, like a perfect newsletter or the perfect caption. Like they're very hyper-focused on things that like make them waste their time and not start. And so if you are someone who is having a hard time starting, don't get yourself in research paralysis. That's the, I, I find people get stuck so much in researching Mm-hmm. I think it's important to, if you're following someone, if like you just said, if you find someone that you resonate with their business strategy, get them as a mentor, get them as a coach and follow their business plan. Think about, you know, what things you want to change for yourself if it doesn't align. However, just follow someone's plan and then make adjustments as you need. But I think really just maybe taking, asking yourself, what's the next step? Starting my business is not the, the not not the next step. That is too much, right? Like there's too much. If I say start a business, that's overwhelming. Like that's not the first step, but if yeah, I was like, step, how, what do I do? <laughs> exactly. So write down the first five steps that you need. So maybe the first thing is, um, what do I, you know, asking myself, what do I want to offer? Or what do I already know how to do that I could offer, right? Um, Just a simple question. And then tell people, hey, I do this. Is that something that you would want to buy? You know? Yeah. Yeah. For the people that you would want to buy that, right? If you want to do email marketing, okay, where where are they hanging out? Right. Yeah. Maybe I just need to know first where people are hanging out so I could get research, but give yourself a deadline so that you're not stuck in research paralysis and also catch yourself when you start making, um, perfectionists tend to do the, like they frame negative self-talk, um, in a way that they start thinking negatively about tasks. Um, so example, I have to answer emails today or like, uh, this is not, this is so hard. So like, I can't write this blog post. 
oh, I don't know how to do it, right? Like those things that are already priming you to neg- like a negative mindset. Um, and, and like, I'll give you a tangible example. Someone once said, oh, I hate writing Instagram ca- uh, captions. Oh, I just hate it. Like, it's just going to take so long. What if you shifted that to more realistic and encouraging self-talk? Like, actually, it only takes 30 minutes to write it. It's not that bad. I get to be ahead of planning this week if I do it right now. That is more encouraging than like, oh, I have to do it. Or, uh, you know, I hate doing these emails. Like that makes it worse, like for you to even want to get to that task. And I know mm-hmm. sometimes in entrepreneurship, we're going to be doing admin stuff that we do not want to do because we're, we so want to be doing what we love to do, whether that be being the, ser- the, the service provider or, you know, the creator or whatever. But yeah, I think stop priming yourself with negative self-talk, change that and start breaking down what you want to do. Because that's the only way before you take the next step, just break it down. Cause for some people it's so easy. So I think that's the part where you might not resonate so much with the perfectionist because you have been able to take, you know, what some people call messy action, right? Like taking the action, you look back and you're like, wow, I, you know, I can't believe I did that. But if at the time you thought that was great. At the time, that's probably where your skill set was. And that's amazing. Now you have so much knowledge. You've done more, you know, more of your work. And so now looking in, you're 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 telling your present self to to make a judgment out of your past self when your past self only had that information, right? Had that like that knowledge at the time. So how incredible that you were able to do that at the time and make that action. So think about that too. Like I think about the 2000 and I'm like, why did I wear that? <laughs> yeah. At the time, we were all like, that's that's what we would wear. And now, like, I'm seeing now it's I'm coming like, back. <laughs> I know, like, why are people wearing that? Um, but it's kind of like that. Like at the time, that was what you needed to be done. Yeah, no, that is so helpful. And I think, yeah, resonate. I think I I definitely resonate with a lot of what you're saying. And I'm sure that um, anyone who's listening also does. I mean, I think. A year ago, I would have been like, I'm not doing like right now. I'm completely uprooted from my office. I'm recording this podcast episode from literally my bedroom. Um, And if I wanted to let that hold me back, I would have said, oh, I have to wait until I have the perfect YouTube setup. I have to wait until I have the perfect like background. So I need to like get this from Target or whatever. And that would just continue to hold me back and not just hold me back and putting out content, but just, um, you know, things that I want to put out there and actually running my business, like, or, and making money within my coaching business. Like the, what the background of my YouTube channel looks like is probably not the best thing to focus on when the content that I'm putting out there is actually helpful. So, um, yeah, I think I definitely resonate with what you're saying. So, I think procrastination or like analysis paralysis is a unique challenge that entrepreneurs go through and same with perfectionism. Is there anything else that's a, that you've noticed that has come up with your clients or just in conversation that is a unique challenge to entrepreneurs um, that you've noticed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one is definitely avoidance coping, right? Mm. So like avoiding tough conversations, avoiding to change their mind after even, you know, we've talked about, you know, making, you know, making an informed investment, but what happens after you've made an investment without an informed decision? And then like, you don't know how to tell that person, ah, it's not going to work out. Um, we're so avoidant 
to, again, because of the the fear of the judgment or the fear of like, what can happen? Oh my God, what if this person says that, you know, I let them go as a client or what if this person says I was a terrible coach or, you know, whatever the case is, but we tend to avoid having tough conversations. We tend to avoid enforcing our boundaries um, in a way of, because boundaries are not for them. Boundaries are for you. I think we also get that wrong yeah. too, but we say like, um, you cannot call me at, you cannot call me or text me after five. That's not a boundary. <laughs> that's a, that's a demand, but you could say if, you know, if you call me or text me after 5 PM, I will not be available. I will be available until the next day. That is a boundary because you're telling, giving them the limits of what you can't do. They can do whatever they want. However, you're not going to answer back. And that is setting a boundary, not just setting a barrier to get for, to get people not to get to you. It's not a barrier. It's a limit. It's a line. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is my happy spot. Like a little bit over, like you're, you're getting too close yeah, um, and that's not okay. Or when they get too close, Hey, that's not okay. Can you please give me space? Um, and I think we, I feel like that's a very unique challenge for entrepreneurs to have a very hard time, you know, thinking about their business as a business, I think sometimes we can very personalize things. So whether that Mm -hmm. is um, delivering our own feedback to people that we are working with can be hard. Not another unique challenge is trying to take, taking ownership of like, as if we're the one, we're the problem all the time. It's not, sometimes it's not, we're not the problem. Sometimes it's our clients who had an expectation about how we're going to deliver a service or how a course was going to be, or how a product was going to be. And they didn't communicate that. And then now you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I should have done this, or I should have done that. And I feel like that's a unique challenge too, where we feel like um, we need to meet everyone's expectation. Yeah. Like, I try like to anticipate it and you can't do that. Like it's impossible. You can only do what you said you were going to deliver. And if you can't deliver that, then just being honest and saying after, after working through that, working this, I acknowledge that I'm not the right person for this. Mm-hmm. And that may feel like a little, you know, like dagger to the heart because you're like, oh, to tell someone you can't do something, it may feel like for you, like shit, like I can't do it. But that's so much powerful because then you're not letting this linger on. You're allowing yourself to just move on and not mm-hmm. feel stuck. Why would you want to be stuck? So I threw a lot at you. So I'm wondering, have you had any of those challenges? Yeah, I love the boundaries conversation because I love setting boundaries. And I tell my clients all the time about boundaries and they're like, oh, that seems a little bit harsh or I don't want to do that. But setting boundaries, like you said, yes, it is It is for you because you are running your business. If you are feeling like your business is running your life or your clients are running your life, then something has to change. Like you shouldn't feel like on a Friday night, oh my God, I have to get back to this person because I'm scared that they're going to be mad at me or whatever that looks like, or, you know, we've all been there or clients texting you or anything like that. Um, if you're feeling that way, then you need to implement boundaries. And that is the best way, like going back to having that, um, you know, business life harmony is boundaries. Um, and they are for you 
but they're also for the client. So if you don't set the expectation upfront, how is the client going to know? So if the client, if you allow the client to text you, how would they know that it's bothering you that they're, that you're, they're texting you, you know, they, they don't know. So just being really clear upfront with the expectations, like no texting. I only answer my emails, you know, this day and this day, the only time to schedule calls with me is on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, they know now it makes your life easier. They're like, Oh, I can only you know, hop on a call with Olivia from on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I got your automatic messenger yesterday. That was like, I only answer my emails twice a day. I love to see it. So it's, you know, setting those boundaries, I think is for you just as much as it is for the client to just set those expectations right from the beginning. So like for me, yeah, the only way to work with me is, or to hop on a call is on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, um, if you're, if you're a client, whether you're a coaching client, whether you're a design client, it doesn't matter. I only do calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And, um, you know, some clients have an issue with that because they, you know, have kids or like their kids have baseball or whatever. That's fine. I can open, I am super open to like, you know, making it work for them, but for the most part, it's fine. Like I never have had a client be like, well, I like to talk on Fridays. Like no one likes to have a conversation on a Friday with anyone. So, you know, it's never been an issue, but now they know like, okay, I need to, in order to book a call, like this is what I need to do or, um, you know, no texting. So I just don't give out my phone number. If a client's ever like, oh, can I text you? No. Um, and here's why, because it's hard to keep track of everything. If I'm trying to do design reviews and I'm learning and I'm trying to read through text and email and click up and all those things, that's just not productive for me or for the client. So yeah. setting those boundaries is pertinent to your mental health as an entrepreneur and for the client as well. Right. And also like, um, if it, if it's causing you a lot of emotional, like, um, just capacity to have to enforce your boundary, you know, you've talked about, we talked about, um, some things that could just be in place as a way to continue to, you know, state your boundary, like automatic, you know, auto responders, or also like I have templates, you know, I have templates, you know, when someone messages me, if they want me to do something for free, when somebody, uh, when a brand reaches out saying they want to give me something, I have templates for all of these things. Why? Because I'm not going to like stress about it. I already know if it's a no, it's a no. If it's a maybe, then I have one of those, you know, like a, a template. Okay. Maybe tell me more. I need to make more of an informed decision to see Mm -hmm. if I'm able to, for instance, when I received your podcast request, I said, yes. And I looked at your scheduler and you did Wednesdays. Wednesdays are actually my days off. However, I knew I had to, today I wanted to to do a video editing. So I said, you know what, I'm already going to actually edit a video today. I'm actually going to take the morning to work. So I'm going to go ahead and schedule this. And podcasts are actually on my list of things that I never say no to, especially podcasts that are aligned with my business. Um, And that's just my flexibility when it comes to scheduling things. Now, if I knew it was someone who like, you know, wasn't aligned, then it, I'm probably going to not be as flexible because mm-hmm. that's going to take more effort for me to do yeah. or if they're asking for more of my time. Like if you said, well, I need you to go to a studio and I need you to do this. And I need you to get ready. And I need you to, I'd be like, um, oh, absolutely not on a Wednesday. Girl, no, <laughs> no, not <laughs> happening. It's my like, day off. <laughs> 
yeah, I'm not ready, you know? Um, but I say that example because some people like, so you can be flexible with your time if it makes sense. That's why sometimes there has to be this intentional imbalance, right? Mm -hmm. So even though I'm taking this morning to work today, tomorrow, I'm not going to take the morning off. You know what I mean? Like it's a balance. It's a balance in, in, in the sense, like just because I have Wednesdays off doesn't mean I'm always going to be off because sometimes there are going to be seasons where like, I'm going to have to work on a Wednesday because like, for instance, in November, uh, you know, Thanksgiving falls on a Thursday when I usually see clients. So I'm not going to have that availability. I still want my clients to know that I'm there to support them. Right. So I opened up a Wednesday for them to schedule. Um, and that helps me have this again, in, un, uh, intentional imbalance. Um, yeah. because some days you're going to make to have those decisions. So give yourself some, you know, some templates, some email templates, some things that you could don't have to constantly emotionally react to those types of responses. Instead, you're, you're being very practical, very tangible, very just like, this is what it is. I'm not going to overthink about it. I'm not gonna be like, how dare they, you know, call me or text me on a day that I already told them. I'm not, I'm bothered because I'm not going to text them back. Right. But when the time I can email them or text them, I'm going to say, Hey, got your message. Um, I'll answer the message. If they say anything like, why didn't you answer me on, you know, Wednesday afternoon? Because I'm not available. <laughs> like, yeah, sorry. You know, maybe it's not, you know, maybe our availabilities are, is not what you need right now. Maybe you, you need something else, you know, and not in a harsh way, but more so it's okay to have your preferences. But yeah, just mean it's going to be aligned with everybody else's availability. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, like we're, we think we hear boundaries and we think it's harsh or that it sounds tough, but in a society where, you know, people are constantly rushing, they're constantly, um, multitasking that we're unintentional with a lot of things. Boundaries are there to, yeah, make it work for both of the people in the party. You know, I know sometimes when I see emails, like when I was planning my wedding, like my photographer, she only answered emails on Thursdays. And that was the first time I had come like come into contact with something like that. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting. I love that. And it really, when you set a boundary and you have something like that, it provokes the other person to be like, oh, maybe I should have more of that in my life too. Um, so this is just such a good conversation to get people to really think about how it can help them, you know, in their life and where they can implement boundaries. I will say for me personally, the biggest, the, the smallest change that made the biggest difference was the times that I schedule calls with clients. Mm -hmm. So now like Wednesday, so we're recording this podcast on a Wednesday. Um, this is like my free day. So this is my only thing that I've done today. I now have the rest of the day once we're done um, to, you know, edit and like work on my business specifically without being interrupted with, um, with client work. So having the scheduler like option to only um, book a call with me on Tuesdays and Thursdays has been a huge game changer. Um, so that's just like one small little nugget that um, if anyone's listening, if you want to make one tiny change, I would start with that. I also schedule like, so like if I, like if I like today, not so usually again, Wednesdays are my days off. Um, 
if today I'm working and I want to, you know, get, you know, ahead on emails, I will schedule those emails to be sent tomorrow. They're not mm. going to be sent today on a day. Um, cause I'm still respecting my boundary by saying I'm not answering emails today. I love that. You'll get a response to me tomorrow. So if you have a Gmail account, you can do that. You can schedule emails to be sent. Um, you can automate emails to be sent another time. Um, and I think that's a, a good way to, because I understand like, we you know what you're like, I need, I, I, I need to deal with this right now when you're anxious about something, it's okay to do a small action that's going to relieve some type of stress. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That, that's such a good idea. I like the scheduling of the emails. Um, Monica, this has been so amazing. I have loved having you. Is there anything you would like to add that we didn't touch on today? No, I think, you know, if you're, if you're really struggling with all, you know, any of these things that we've talked about, you know, remember the power of, you know, support is going to help you. Sometimes it's hard to identify these blocks that we have with perfectionism or boundary setting. And in order for us to make it clear, we may need, you know, an outsider perspective to really identify why these, this may be causing some, you know, disconnect between what we want in our business and our business growth. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do to be able to overcome these things. It comes with practice. It's not like, okay, I'm not a perfectionist anymore. Yeah. You get Today's the day. It. Yeah. Today is the day. I'm done. I'm cured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So what are some ways that we can work with you? Yeah. So if you are in Texas, anywhere in Texas, then you have the opportunity to work with me um, one-on-one for individual therapy. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you can we can do in-person. Um, and that is for any ambitious woman or woman entrepreneur who is currently struggling with any type of you know, mental health-related concerns like anxiety, um, you know, depression. I, I kind of identify that. We can always hop on a call to see if therapy or coaching would be more appropriate. But I also provide mindset coaching and that really is more action oriented. That really is more, um, you know, based on mindset blocks, more tangible things related to your business versus less of, you know, diagnosis, treatment type work. Um, so keep that in mind. I can always hop on a call with you to chat about the differences. Cause I think a lot of people confuse because coaches can use tools that therapists use, but they can't be your therapist. Yeah. You use some tools but it's very, it's, it's like, it's a tough line. Yeah, no, I can imagine. And then how can we follow along and just connect with you? Yeah. So I'm basically almost in every platform except Twitter, I think um, <laughs> you can follow me at, at cafe with Monica on anything, YouTube. Um, t- I love TikTok. T- I do not take myself seriously on TikTok. So if you are just, you like, just want humor because life is tough. Sometimes you want some therapy humor. TikTok is where you're at. You want some tough love, Instagram, where is that? And if you love some lifestyle stuff, then YouTube is where it's at. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Um, I'll link all of those in the show notes. And then um, one question I forgot to ask you in the beginning was, are you reading any good books right now? Or do you recommend any good books? Yes. So I'm reading two books. One of them is called No Sweat, which talks about our how we approach fitness body. And and I think a perfectionist would be, would love this book called No Sweat because if you're having trouble with fitness and mindset and seeing fitness as a punishment, and you really want to kind of 
change your mindset on fitness. I think that's a really good book and self-care because mm-hmm. it really touches on self-care. And then I'm reading right now the 12 week year, which I'm excited because oh. I'm going to do a video on it. 12 week year is like, how can you, yeah, it's like, how can you make the most out of your year, but instead in 12 weeks? Oh, I love both of these. I'm definitely going to read them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your knowledge. It was such a pleasure and I will talk to you soon.